to Catch Fire Winnipeg, Vision Sunday 2020. Yay! And if Brian Wilcox was here, he'd be like, look at that slide. I could look at that slide all day. I'd be satisfied. Okay? Let's just have a real quick brief history. For those of you who are not familiar with Catch, Fire's, uh, Catch Fire uh, Winnipeg's history, here we go. In short, CTFW was founded by three couples who were devoted to seeing a move of God right here in Winnipeg. And the idea was born that asked the question, if a church can be seeker-sensitive, then why could a church not be spirit-sensitive? And so then they began a journey to create a church that was spirit-sensitive. And again, this morning, we celebrated that. Those couples were Trevor and Melanie Meyer, Ian and Shirley Smith, and Keith and Pauline Miners, all of which we want to give honor to for hearing the voice of God and doing what they believed was, was on his heart for Winnipeg. Right? So, Father, we just thank you right now for the spiritual fathers and mothers who planted this church in the first place. I thank you, Dad, that you were at work in their hearts as they were listening and just trying to find out what the path was that you had for them. This is what was birthed, and we're so grateful. Amen. All right. So we've seen uh, each of the founding leaders move on to the next leg of their journeys, and, have, and we've felt the emotions that go along with those kinds of changes. And God has always brought the right people at the right time so that he could have his way. As the movement Catch the Fire values encountering the tangible, transformational presence of God. Would you agree? That's, kinda, that's why we meet together, right? We want to see that lived out in our day-to-day -day living. As a local body, we have always desired the person of God over the gifts themselves. We've been known for our powerful conferences and worship. We've been uh, known for our generosity. We've been known for our love. And people have often testified to having encountered God within, uh, deep within themselves when they visited us. Over the years, we've struggled to find our place. We've struggled with vision and purpose. I believe God has a dream for us to change the spiritual, political, and social landscape of Winnipeg, of Manitoba, of Canada, and me just being me, the entire universe. Okay, His desire has always been that none should perish, but that all would have everlasting life. And so if you're ever wondering why is it, like fundamentally, why is it that we're doing, like what are we doing and why are we doing it? This is it. It's because the Lord wishes that none should perish, but that all would have everlasting life. And so that is a fa fundamental piece of what we're, what we're about and what we're doing. And then it's time for us to be reborn. Whoa. Seriously, look, I don't know what that picture is supposed to be, but whatever. We are here today, or where are we today? Right now, we're right here. Currently, CTFW has anywhere between 30 and 70 attendees on any given Sunday. I uh, seek to change that dramatically because I believe, I believe, like, I'm completely convinced that five years ago, the Lord gave, gave me a word that Catch Fire Winnipeg is meant to be no less than 3,500 people. So... Everything that we're doing, everything we're going after is really meant to grow. If people see that God's not concerned about numbers, you don't know your Bible. He is very concerned about it. Not concerned as in he's worried. It's a big deal. None means zero. That's a number. Zero or the lack of something, right? He wishes that none should perish, but that all would have everlasting life. And so that is our primary aim as a church, is to go after, to make sure that we are doing everything that we can within our lives, without like striving and whatever. We're, we're going after it. We want to make sure that none should perish, right? 
And then, of course, there's so much more on top of that. We're, we're meant to be very, very active. We've gone through six years of prepping to be very active, okay? At least I certainly feel that way. We come together weekly to see Jesus celebrated and to hear the Word of God preached. That's the primary focus of a Sunday morning, is to really get involved with what God's saying, what God's doing, where, he, where He's keeping us at, okay? We desire greater community. We are seeking greater impact in our personal lives, as well as in the larger community. We are ready to do church well. Everything I'm going to share is about inclusion, because... Ken is not going to grow the church to 3,500 plus. Not going to happen. God will. Right? But God didn't choose just Ken. He chose all of us. We all play different roles. We're all fundamentally part of what God is doing. And there's an invitation for each one of us to grab a hold of this vision and to actually make it manifested in our lives. So the invitation I have for you is, Bear with me as I kind of rush through these slides, but understand that the invitation really is actually for every single one of us. Nobody is excluded. Absolutely nobody. Okay? Here we go. Where are we going? Good Lord, I just want to sit back and just dream on this a little bit. I've been waiting six years for this presentation, I'll have you know. So I'm kind of like... <laughs> All right. And go. Here we go. Exactly. Okay, so in many ways, we are to become a bit more traditional ooh, in, what, in what we offer as a community. Why is that? Because many, 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 many churches do certain things extremely well, including being involved actively in community. So not just community within these walls, but community outside of these walls. Right? So some of the things we're going to end up talking about are going to be like being involved in other ministries that are right here in Winnipeg, like Lighthouse, like Lighthouse Mission on Main Street, just as an example. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. We are allowed to partner together with other ministries that are already doing things extremely well that actually need our physical presence. They need um, uh, stuff. They need things to actually make their, their ministry happen, and they need money. And so what we are aiming to do is to partner together with whoever God really chooses to partner us together with. Because, again, we don't have to do everything. That's not the job. The job is to make sure it all gets done. That is the job, okay? So, super pumped. We are going to offer different kinds of meetings on different nights uh, of different nights of the week. So, in that, I'm going to give you license right now. You do not have to show up at every single meeting we're going to have. In fact, if you do, you don't have a life. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there, okay? Because in, at the end of the day, we're going to have meetings Monday night, Wednesday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday. That's a lot of meetings, Okay? Now, why would we do that? It is because each meeting is designed specifically to hit a totally different area of a person's life and is not actually meant just for the people in this room. Each meeting is designed to actually reach the people outside of this room to reach into the community. So, for an example, if we decided we were going to do a marriage seminar, you guys might all have blissfully amazing marriages and need not the seminar. However, there are people outside who do, and they don't even need to be saved to come to such a seminar, right? So these are the kind of things that, that uh, okay, I'm just going to get back on this thing. Uh, okay, there's going to be a lot of meetings. 
we are going to offer dynamic worship and worship training. So this morning, I would say, personally, this is my take on it, that there was dynamic worship. Okay, and so yes, even for me, it was slightly odd to not have people right here and smoke machines and lights and all that. You know, like it, it just, it doesn't feel exactly the same. But I'll tell you what, just because we don't have a massive team of worship leaders right now doesn't mean we're going to stop worship. We're going to use the tools that are available to us and we're going to keep thriving. We're going to keep moving forward and, and do whatever it is God has calls us to do. I grew up with very, very little, and we learned to make do with what we had, okay? And so as Catcher Fire Winnipeg, we are going to learn to steward what we have very, very, very well. We may only have a little bit right now, but if we steward it really well, we will inevitably be given more and given more and given more. Are you good with that? If the pace is a little bit too fast, it's okay. You'll get over it. And, and the slides are all going to be available to you at a later date, and we've got years and years and years to work, work out all these little bugs. We're going to be about the business. Check this out. This is a novel idea. We are going to be about the business of equipping the saints for the work of the ministry in practical ways. So that actually means everybody gets trained because what we have done at, like, like let's just, can we just be real right now? Let's just be honest, right? We have largely left the, the bulk of the ministry to those who are classified under some special term called leader, okay? And for the most part, we waited to see what the leaders would do. But if we read the scripture, we know what the leaders are meant to do. The leaders are meant to equip the body, right, for the work of the ministry, now, that doesn't mean the leader, quote-unquote leader is plural, don't work. Because in actuality, the greatest work is to serve one another, right? Jesus came to serve, not to be served. We're going to mimic that. that is the, that's the premise of my concept of leadership. And anybody who wants to step into leadership and be a part of that needs to recognize you need to be the chief leader in the, pe like in the group around you. Sorry. Yes. Freudian slip. You're going to lead by being the servant. Is that good? I hope so. Some of you have agreed. Great. We'll get your names and numbers later. We're also called to be more progressive in certain areas as it pertains to finances, Sunday morning celebration services, community involvement, and, and things like that. Um, just to hit the finances for an example, I wasn't really going to do it, but I'm just going to hit it a little bit. Um, it is, how many of you b would love it, would absolutely love it, if all, like 100% of the tithes and offerings went towards ministry-specific instead of salaries and buildings and bills? Raise your hand if you think that actually would be great. Okay, and for those of you who just, uh, I'm not so sure, I don't know how that works, read your Bible. That's actually how we're supposed to do it. Okay, and so we, what we need to do is to find other ways to steward that which God has given us, and we'll talk about that at another date. But just recognizing that where we're going may feel slightly uncomfortable to some people, and that's okay. We're going to walk it out together, and it's okay for us to feel uncomfortable from time to time. Okay? But we want to maximize everything that's available to us and, and grow community and grow church and grow the whole thing. We're, oh, look at this. We are called to grow numerically and spiritually. I don't know if you've catched my focus on the word grow. 
We are called to provide opportunities for people to engage with God, uh, to engage with themselves and others through different formats and meetings. God has a plan and a purpose for all of us individually and corporately. And so sometimes we sit back and we think, man, I don't know if there's really even a point for me going to church. Maybe I should just check it out online. Yeah, that is totally an option, and that would minister to you just fine. The piece that's missing there, though, is you've actually been called to be a part of a community, to be a minister, and that there might be people in the room that need whatever it is you're carrying. And if you're not around, this is not a guilt thing. This is, this is just the reality. We were made for each other. We weren't made for ourselves, right? We're in covenant relationship with each other when we call ourselves a family. And so what we want to do is we want to make sure that as much as possible we're coming and we're participating in community so that we can actually minister to one another even when we don't feel like it, okay? At some point, we've got to get this idea in our heads that we're dying to self, okay? So we're not going to go into anything deep right now, but away we go. Whoa, where there is no vision, people perish. True, we all know it. So now let's actually get to the vision stuff. CTFW, check this out. This is awesome. Jen wrote one thing on the board uh, as I was spending hours and hours and hours and hours and hours writing. She wrote this thing on the board. CTFW is a supernatural church community that exists to honor the presence of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in our culture and to develop an atmosphere that transfers to our daily lives, transforming our families, communities, city, and beyond Canada's borders. There you go. That's kind of a big deal. Thank you, Jen Haslam. So now I've got a calendar of events or calendar of things for the next year. We're going to blitz through them because there's no way we're going to take all the time necessary to explain everything. But um, there's a big woohoo at the end. So <laughs> there's October. We're going to introduce something called Pop-Up Church. So for those of you who don't know what Pop-Up Church is, raise your hand if you don't know. That should be basically everybody, all right? Pop-up church is this crazy concept of doing church outside of church. It's sort of like the unchurched church, all right? And so the idea is still being worked out and prayed through and, and you know, coming to life. But the basic premise is that we're going to offer a church-like experience that's super dynamic, sort of like a dance, nah, sort of like a I want to say nightclub, but it's not a nightclub. I want to say dance party, but it's not really a dance party. Um, but it's just really high energy. And, and even, even the short sermons, and like it's about immediate impact, right? Uh, immediate opportunity for people to get saved. The immediate impact for uh, anybody who's coming that just needs, like, man, they want to go into their weekend and they want to get jacked up on Jesus first. Right, that's kind of the idea, and we want to meet in different areas of Winnipeg, not specifically in a church building. Uh, so that our first one's actually going to be in a Walmart parking lot, believe it or not. Okay, and it's open to the public. It's an open-air meeting, and which is great right now for COVID because the new restrictions are specifically for indoors, right? So outside in a massive parking lot, everybody can feel safe, everybody can distance properly, and take whatever uh, precautions they feel they need to take, right? And in the midst of that, we can still have a massive gathering and have incredible worship and incredible connection. We'll explain that more another time, but uh, the first one is on October 7th. 9th, I mean. <laughs> October 9th. There'll be a calendar. There's, we're going to hand out these little things. You're going to see. It's all written out. It's, it's good. We've got some administration happening. 
And I also believe that God is saying that we have numbers that he would like us to meet. Well, what are those numbers about? Well, read attendees, <laughs> okay? There's a vision. I, I believe very strongly that by Christmas, we, we're supposed to be meeting with 130 people gathering. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that 130 people are going to gather in one spot if, if the COVID restrictions are still in place, but who are calling Cast Fire Winnipeg home. Does that make sense? So as much as possible, we want to work together with the government and the guidelines that are in place, and, and we want to continue to grow because you're allowed to do both, right? And so people might say, well, how can we possibly grow? It's impossible. Yeah, with man, these things are impossible, but with God, everything is possible. And so we're going to be tapping back into that, okay? So 70 attendees in October, we're going to introduce something called Deeper Life Meetings on Wednesday nights. I'll go into that uh, in greater length. November, we've got pop-up church. We're supposed to go to about 100 people attending. Uh, again, Deeper Life Meetings on Wednesdays. And we're going to introduce a concept called YouTube Channels. Right, we're going to have these incredibly um, exciting, good. I don't know what, like, how how would we word it, Lisa? Just spectacular. We're going to call them spectacular YouTube channels, right? And uh, the concepts are still, again, being worked on, um, but the idea is reach. We want we want reach. You know, like not everybody can come. And I th even think about Jen's grandma who, I don't know how YouTube savvy she is, but she's stuck in a, in a, in a senior's home. She's not allowed to leave. How amazing would it be if she could just tap in and see her, you know, family or whatever. Just there's something dynamic, something engaging. It's not just a sermon, but interaction. And uh, do you guys know Rhett and Link? I think is their names, Rhett and Link. Raise your hand. So sort of in that vein, um, check it out. You'll get an idea. And there's another one. What's the one with the priest guy? Maybe I'm not allowed to say priest in church. What? Jolly. Certainly the name is not just Jolly. Anyways, there's ideas out there, and we're at work getting it on. Okay, so also we want to introduce what's called Advent Sundays. Many of you might remember Advent Right? The concept of Advent is the celebration of Jesus' first coming. So the expectation of Jesus' first coming and the expectation of Jesus' second coming. So what I believe that God is actually asking of us in this season is we're going to be celebrating the move of God that he plans for us in the new year. I believe completely that we're stepping into something that is going to blow up in our faces for the positive. Right? We're not going to be able to contain the joy. We're not going to be able to contain the love. We're not going to be able to contain the presence of God. And I believe, again, like it's just, it's just sitting right here on the surface. This is meant to happen pretty well immediately. Think about the 120 that we're meeting in the upper room and the Holy Spirit just fell in that place because of their great expectation of the promise of God actually manifesting. When we come together with an expectation that God is going to do what he says he will do, he'll do it. Right? And so the four weeks of Advent that we're going to celebrate are going to very much be focused on including other people from the church, not solely the chief servants, right? But everybody. Everybody's included. So I want to see children lighting candles and all that spectacular, fun family inclusion with the expectation that we're celebrating the promise of God that is going to manifest in the new year. We're going to do a Christmas program and meal. How many of you would like to eat? Okay, we're very, very, very good at eating. 
we celebrate that. In January, Ken and Jen are going to officially step into the rule. Uh, we're going to be around 140 people. Monday nights, we're going to introduce something called Inner Life Meetings. So if any of you have uh, wondered, like, how does a Christian meditate? Like, when the Lord says meditate on these things day and night, how does that actually happen? We want to introduce people to that. We want to introduce people into that concept. Some of you are familiar with the term holy yoga. You know, um, like, just there are some ideas that are slightly out of the box or whatever, but are really meant to minister you internally. And as I'm talking about uh, deeper life meetings, so deeper life meetings end up being, like, Bible-focused, strictly um, talking about things like, uh, you know, Hebrews. Who wrote Hebrews? Like, what's going on politically in Hebrews? Like, just giving us some basic understanding of Scripture and moving on from there. What we're looking at doing is called... The inward journey, the upward journey, and the outward journey. So that's going to be our Monday nights, our Wednesday nights, our Friday nights. We'll get there. I know you're all looking, where does it say that? That's the problem with slides. February, okay? So basically every, everything stays the same as in uh, that. And how many of you fondly remember equipping nights? Remember when Castle Fire Winnipeg just kind of got going? We were doing these equipping nights at uh, Salvation Army on some street out there. And, uh, and there would be like 70 people showing up, you know, who weren't even necessarily all from Cash Fire Winnipeg, but they were coming and they were growing and they were understanding, oh, hey man, how come people are laughing in the middle of service and I'm crying over here? And then we, like, we really wrestled through this stuff and it was amazing that we could tackle it together, tackle some more difficult questions, but, you know, like, really get into it. Our equipping nights here are really going to be focused on training people how to teach, how to preach, how to do prophesy, how to heal, the whole thing. Like, like full on, we're going to actually experience this, we're going to go do it. This is the tangible work of the ministry by which your servant leaders are endeavoring to equip you, okay? We'll walk it all out together. All of us will do it together. I like that word, together. I say it often. In April, we're looking at 170 people. We've got Monday night going, Wednesday night going, Friday night going. And then we're going to introduce another concept called New Life, uh, new life Baptism Service. What is New Life Baptism Service? The idea behind New Life Baptism Service is remembering that there was this Ethiopian eunuch reading out of the book of Isaiah, and he didn't fully understand what he was reading. And Philip was transported there anyways, and, and Philip ministers to the eunuch and helps him to understand what it is he's reading. So what we know is that the eunuch was very hungry for God. That's what we know. So there was a prerequisite. He was hungry for God, and he was going after God to the best of his ability, but he wasn't understanding what was going on. So then Philip, who would have been equipped, <laughs> comes alongside him and just helps him to understand that, like, just bridges that little bit of gap. The hunger was there, but we just needed a little bit of understanding. And it took one little service, one little meeting together, and the guy was ready to get baptized, right? We remember that the eunuch says, well, is there any reason why I can't just get baptized right here? And Philip says, no. And that's going to be us. So we want what we want to do with that kind of a service, so we want to invite people who want to get baptized, as an example, who maybe don't feel like they're connected to any particular church. Jesus didn't say you had to be connected to any particular church. There's only one church, and it's the, the church of heaven. Or there's one church in heaven and on earth. We're all part of the same body. We don't need to hold on to everybody who gets baptized and say, well, we baptized you, so now you're ours. We're not doing that deal. We give baptism for those who ask it, who are seeking it, right? We also then give the opportunity for 
people who are sort of on the edge, who, who maybe just want to rededicate their lives to Christ, and they're looking for something, but they're not really ready to commit to something long-term. We can offer them one meeting where we actually take them through the gospel and share with them why Jesus is so fantastic, right? And, they're, and they can get baptized. Boom, just like that. Bam, bam, bam. Okay? Anybody feeling any enthusiasm? <laughs> okay. I'm trying to express it. I'm trying to go through. I have over 80 slides, so um, I am trying to work this out. Uh, we also want to then include the Easter slash Passover meal. We've already asked the speaker. The speaker has said yes. He has no idea what he's going to talk about yet, but we're going to work on it. And uh, it's going to be a fabulous, fabulous get-together. Uh, the first Saturday of every month, uh, starting April, we want to introduce something called Expression Worship. So Expression Worship was an idea that was actually birthed uh, in the leadership realms. Uh, about two years ago, we started talking about it, but we never actually acted on it. And the idea is to celebrate all forms of worship. So let's say somebody comes with a tambourine, but they're not, they don't feel like they're allowed to use tambourine because that's just how churches go nowadays. Well, I'm sorry, but the scripture actually says, let them do it, right? So bring your tambourines, bring your cymbals, bring your dance, bring, bring the flags, bring like your artwork, bring whatever it is you need in order to worship God because the whole focus is going to be worship, not speaking. And worshiping in every possible way. And so we might introduce ways of, hey, like, you know what? You're learning how to paint or whatever and you want to know how to paint prophetically or whatever. We're going to do that over here. For those of you who want to learn the significance of the different colors of the flags during flagging, we're doing that over here. That's the idea right? Bringing every single kind of worship to God. If you're the kind of worshiper who actually just hunkers down and really, really goes into a meditative state, man, like we want to celebrate that as well. It's not just the external expression of worship. It's also the internal expression of worship that we want to celebrate, okay? That's a gooder. I know there's a lot going on. Waited six years. There's going to be a lot to go on, <laughs> okay? So, Again, June, we do pop-up church, 210 uh, attendees. Uh, I actually believe that by September, we're supposed to be at 300, just jumping ahead. Uh, next year, 300, and then we're going to, uh, yeah, I'll explain that. I'm just going to go through these slides because you're going to see, oh, that looks very familiar. So what happens in July and August when a lot of people are going camping or whatever? Are we going to still have weekly meetings? No, Ken actually wants some free time. So... I'm sure you do too. So what, we, what, I've, what I believe we're meant to do is scale things back and change them up a little bit. Not exclude meetings or shut down meetings altogether, but what if the first Monday of the month we do a movie night together where we actually just gather together, we have popcorn and, and Coke, Pepsi can be left at the door, and, <laughs> okay, and great sound, great energy, and we just gather together. You know, it doesn't matter if there's one person or if there's a thousand people, we can do it. The second Wednesday of the month will be a coffee and dessert night. Again, it's just hanging out, uh, supporting our local businesses, and just getting out there and enjoying one another. Third Friday of the month, we, we would not like to do walk in the park together for exactly that purpose, to go for a walk in the park. That's it. Nothing big and fancy. But just to stay connected, hear about how summer's going, Talk about the mosquitoes and the lack of rain or the too much rain. Whatever it is we're going to talk about, we'll obviously be talking about barbecuing and food. So I'm obviously hungry. And then the second Saturday of that month, uh, or of July and August, we would be doing expression worship. I don't believe for a moment that expression worship is actually meant to shut down because it is something that everybody in the city can get involved in. Not just the city, but further out. So I'm looking at that being a meeting that generally will 
probably hover around 1,500 people. So we're going to need to be looking for places for that. And uh, yeah, off we go, September. So all of this activity, this buzz of activity, this reinvigorating uh, life into Cast Fire Winnipeg, what does it come to? Because I was asking God, okay, God, now what? Because I'm an events guy and there's not one single conference or nothing. And I'm like, but that is actually part of Cast Fire Castrofire's DNA. It's also part of Castrofire Winnipeg's DNA, and we're meant to be doing it. It's one of the chief things we're meant to bring to the city. So I was asking God, and he just wasn't saying anything, and I spent two days, literally two days, working on this thing with him, just asking him, okay, what next, what next, what next, what next? And I'm like, what about the conferences, God? What about them? I mean, come on. And he's like, hold on. I was slipping into Indian. (laughs) He said, check it out. September 23rd to 27th, the Cast of Fire Winnipeg Fall Conference. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> okay? This is where our DNA is so beautifully expressed in this city. People come from literally all over North America and sometimes even parts of South America to come to our conferences. That's a fact. Okay? I know that because I'm the guy who reads all that stuff. And we are meant to continue. We were never meant to really hold back on it. But for whatever reason, we've gone into seasons where we haven't always done what we were supposed to do. And we've done other things. And here we are. We'll have the whole repentance thing again another day. We're going to have a lineup of speakers known locally and or throughout Catch the Fire World. I've already been in contact with some of them. It's, uh, it's going to be awesome. So what's it going to look like? It's going to have incredible breakout sessions. So we're not going to do main sessions you know, morning, afternoon, and evening like we have in the past. What we're going to do is we're going to be offering breakout sessions, like smaller group sessions in the mornings and the afternoons, and then the evenings are going to be full of incredible worship and incredible main, you know, main, quote-unquote main stage speakers and, uh, and the whole bit. That's where we're going to be going after the prophecy and healing and, and the things like that. But during the day, right, is going, is going to be teaching on other things. The goal for attendance We've never talked about these things, right? But we're going to talk about it now, and you can pray into it and help make it happen and believe together for this. So the goal for, for attendees is 500. We've never broken 360 um, as Catch Fire Winnipeg, but I'm very good with challenges. We're going to have phenomenal worship, okay? Our worship teams will have been prepped. They will be walking in the presence, understanding presence, carrying presence, and moving forward. I've got one minute. It's not going to help. Uh, impactful main sessions, biblical season. Okay, so what what season are we currently in? We're in a season uh, that I'd like to call Ezra and Nehemiah. And I'm not going to go into full biblical teaching on it right now. But the basic premise is that we need to get back to rebuilding community. So that's relationship with one another. We need to get back into rebuilding the physical structure. So we're actually even right now in conversations regarding a different building, and we're looking for a different place to, to meet our needs and so that we will have impact in other communities. I believe very strongly, again, that God has said there are three locations for Catch Fire Winnipeg, three campuses for Catch Fire Winnipeg, and we need to be about it immediately, okay? Because he's not the one who's waiting on it. We've been the ones waiting on it. And for various reasons. Some of it is we haven't known what to do or how to do it, right? But we are a faith-activated church. She was born in faith through, through three couples. 
And now there's all of us who together with that initial faith, that seed of faith, we're going to believe with God that he is actually going to give us the buildings and in the different areas. Another thing that we're going to be doing is focusing on the structure of Catch Fire Winnipeg because uh, that's what sort of the Nehemiah season is. It, the, Nehemiah brings in the political kind of structure. What does it look like to operate functionally so we have different levels of accountability and all of these different things? Ezra focuses primarily on the spiritual well-being of the church and the restructuring of that. So, you guys, again, God is a supernatural God. We were birthed out of a supernatural movement, and we are a supernatural church. You are, sat you are supernatural beings. Right? And I intend to celebrate every single one of you in that way. I would hope you would do the same for me and the, and the same for everybody else around you. Okay? We're going after it. So again, I'm going to blitz through this. All right. If you build it, they will come. Field of dreams. So nice. What does that mean? Okay? I'll put the slide up another time. Basically, build it, they'll come. Okay, that's kind of it. Specifics. As previously mentioned, numerical growth is actually a big deal to God for us for the next foreseeable future. He's actually given me a seven-year plan that we can actually fast-forward, uh, we're allowed to. So, the concept is this. If by September, I'm believing that by September, we're going to have 300 regular attendees. From that point, okay, I want you to be thinking about duplication. The, what I believe is a seed from God is that we believe together, right, that every year, every full 365 days, so one year, uh, we've doubled in size. And this is how that happens. You bring one person to church in a year. <laughs> okay? It's a really small task. One person that doesn't normally come to, to, to our church. And they stay. Okay, the focus is going to be on retention. <laughs> We, we've seen lots of visitors. Retention's kind of been more the weaker point. And so we're going to get very good at retention. Very, 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 very good. Okay? So the original numbers were, if we started doubling, starting at 30 people, thank God God gave me more than that because I just couldn't be satisfied with 30. But if we started at 30, right, it would take us seven years. Seven? Five. Five. Seven. So at seven years, we'd be at 3,480 people, 3,840 people if we followed that, uh, that idea. And you might say, well, that's the scheme of man. You can think that all you want. We're still doing it, <laughs> right? It is God. God wants everybody, and he wants us all partnering together. This numbers thing, he won't get off it with me, so I won't get off it with you. We're going after it, and we're going to offer everything to the community that we feel God is saying we should offer. All right, da, 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 da. the three campuses, I'll let you in on that already. I'm not a guy who's really great with secrets, so if you ever ask me, hey, what are we doing about this? I'm now just going to tell you. <laughs> CTF, is meant to be, it's, uh, CTF is meant to have incredible worship, dynamic preaching, supernatural encounters, and more. We will be training up preachers and teachers. We will offer opportunities for people to learn how to live in the supernatural presence of God by growing in our understanding of what Jesus did for us on the cross as well as our identity in him. We're going to be involved in community outreach through partnering together with existing ministries. I've already explained that. CTF, blah, 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 blah. Local and foreign missions is now going to be part of our actual 
mandate where we're getting involved again so if we're involved with these local ministries that's great but we also have people who feel called to go into certain parts of winnipeg and and sort of almost be planted there as ministers we want to support that and i don't mean support it as in hey good job you guys are awesome why don't you come up here we'll pray for you and then never talk about you again that's not what we're doing we're going to be actively involved in each other's lives and seeing these things happen you know, you, as you know, obviously, I've got a heart for India. I've got a heart for mi uh, missions in general, both local and foreign. And uh, I just think it would be so tremendously amazing if we had a team that was actually about training up other people to do even short-term mi short missions. It's not just kids that can go on mission trips. We all can go on different kinds of mission trips and ex be exposed, whether it's, whether it's Winnipeg or, or northern Canada or India, wherever it is. Right? We can be exposed to what God is doing elsewhere and bring back some of that excitement and also then bring things to them as well. Worship. So this is, you know, I sort of explained what, you know, this morning what we were doing with worship. And, and the truth of the matter is I'm a problem solver, okay? And so the way I've solved the problem isn't necessarily going to be your favorite thing. But I'm asking you to be patient. I'm asking you to believe that what we're doing is actually meant to happen. We need to focus on presence, you guys. Okay, for too long we allowed worship to be um, uh, sort of mandated by whoever was up front here. We need to get past that, right? We really need to get past it. And, uh, and we're going to. We're going to raise up people. It doesn't matter if you think you can't sing or not. How many of you remember Keith worshiping with everything he had, but he couldn't sing, <laughs> Right? He didn't let that idea of being able to, or not being able to carry a tune, stop him. Exactly. Exactly. It was presence. Presence, presence. Focusing on Jesus. So we're not expecting you to be perfect. Because I'm not perfect. But we're going to go after it and we're going to celebrate God together however that looks. So if you feel in your heart that you are a worshiper, like actually full on, you believe you're a worshiper. Whether you want to worship through drums or, or, or djembe or, or, or guitar or keys or vocals or just standing in the presence of God and exuding that, if that's you, come talk to us and we're going to start creating that team and making that happen. Oh, are you guys bearing with me? Can I keep going or do you want me to shut it down? Okay, so for those of you who need to go, go. I am coming to the point of, uh, quote-unquote, accountability slash structure, um, but I'm saving it to the end. Okay? This will be, um, sorry, we're going to, oh, I've already said how we're going to do this. Good. Let's cruise. Well, what about fire kids, youth, young adults, young marrieds, young families, men's, women's, and seniors' ministries, and all of these other things? Where do they fit in? Well, they fit in here. If you feel that God is calling you to this ministry, this is how you'll know. Hey, man, I really think we should do uh, like a men's ministry. Great. Now I will equip you to do the work of the ministry. That's how that works, okay? We're going to go after it together. Yeah, we want men's ministries. We want women's ministries. We want teens ministries. We want all of these ministries happening, right? But we want them to happen in a dynamic atmosphere where everybody wants to be there. Church needs to, again, be the place everybody wants to be. And so we're creating that atmosphere. Before that's created, there really isn't a sense in doing a whack load of other stuff. 
right? Either all of the youth want to come or they don't. And I want them all to come. I want them to be like, man, you have got to come to my church. It is absolutely crazy cool. I'm learning. I'm prophesying. All these amazing things are happening. My leaders are on fire. I just, I want to be exactly like them. That's, that's what we're going after. We're not lowering the bar. We're raising the bar. Okay? We're raising the bar. We're meant to be like Jesus. Even our children were meant to be like Jesus. How many of you remember when the children used to go around and prophesy or pray for healing over people? I remember. That's what Catch a Fire Winnipeg was. And that is what she's meant to be. So that's where we're going. What about possible singles events or just for fun community building activities? People have said single events. What are those? That's where singles get together to meet one another. Okay? So again, it's a little bit of out-of-the-box thinking, but sometimes singles don't know where to go to meet other singles where they feel safe and where they can connect with one another. We want to offer that. Why? Because we're a family and that's what families do. Matchmaking. <laughs> okay? Imagine having these ministries programs running at such a high or at a high level rather than struggling to find volunteers. Imagine if we had a waiting list for people who wanted to be part of the ministry teams. You know, they want, hey man, like I see what's going on in youth. I'm just feeling so fired up about it. Can I get involved? Yeah, you can, but we got to put you on a waiting list, man, because we just have so many leaders right now, right? We need, like if you can bring another 20 kids with you, then yeah, now we've got space. But that's what we want. We want to have people so excited about what's going on that they're actually willing to put their name on a waiting list, right? That's where we're going, you know? That is where we're going. This is where you say, okay. We'll see. We'll see. Prove it to us. Okay? I'm, I'm not going to prove nothing to you. This is God's church. Jesus is building his church. I'm not doing this. Right? We're doing it with him, and this is what he's doing. So I'm pretty pumped. All right. We'll be developing a leadership track uh, that will focus on training up and discipling people who are who who are or desire to be leaders in their workplaces, their homes, their church, wherever. And these people don't actually have to already be coming to Catch a Fire. It's not about just equipping those who are in Catch a Fire Winnipeg. It's about equipping whole communities of people wherever they're at and just blessing the kingdom. Okay? So that's exciting. I think everything's exciting. We want to look at things like alpha programs, deliverance ministries. How many of you remember being asked ever, hey, does your church have a deliverance ministry? Right? Remember that as a believer, these signs will accompany those who believe. Right? One of the things that you'll do is cast out demons. This is awesome! Man, you can just feel Winnipeg trembling in her boots. Just, oh, man, I don't want to leave. Oh, well, guess what? We're here now. And so it's happening. It's exciting. I believe that God is calling us to create a mission team. Talked about that. We learn uh, at home first by partnering together with other organizations and churches. Okay, so we want also, like we don't have the knowledge of everything and how to do everything really, really well. But we're willing to learn together with those who already do it very, very well. It's called humility. We want to start looking and moving towards things such as uh, ideas called attachment parenting. I don't know if you're familiar with that or not, but it's a phenomenal way to actually connect with your kids and each other. So, And I actually believe that's how God parents us. 
we will also be doing, or we will also be rebirthing pre-service prayer under the, under the helm of Kevin and Barb. Boom, right there. Who, as many of you know, have, have often been touted as being the chief intercessors of the church, at least by me. And, uh, and I'm so stoked that they're going to be heading that up. One of the things that we want to make sure happens is that pre-service prayer, once again, like, gets the limelight in church, man. Like, I remember when Ian used to say, hey, come, you can come for first service, second service, third service. First service was you showing up to set up. That was first service. Second service was pre-service prayer. Third service was then the worship service, the celebration service. And I'll tell you what, all three of those things were well attended. All three of those things had actual growth. It was amazing. So we're looking forward to having that. We want to look at reopening coffee shop, tea shop, that whole thing. Um, and the list will continue to grow as God shares things with you, and then you bring those things to us. Hey, what would you guys think about this? How, what would you guys think about that? My general response, my job in that, re, in that conversation is to say, how can I help you make that happen? Okay? So when you come with your ideas, or you think something needs to be fixed, expect that I'm going to ask you the question, how do I help you make that happen? Uh, things that we're doing in regards to dreaming with God, a car show and giveaway, what does that look like? Imagine that there's a group of people who are really great at mechanics, and it's a passion for them, restoring vehicles and things like that. What if we could gather a, a group of people who did that, and then we would like get to know other people in Winnipeg who do it, and we would grow, and it would be awesome, and then we'd have a car show, and we would like there would be admission Right? People pay to go to a car show. Well, what, what would, like, wouldn't it be amazing if we could find a family in Winnipeg who, de who deeply needs a vehicle? Like, they need it. They don't have one. It broke, whatever. They don't have the money for it. Well, wouldn't it be amazing through something like this, through a community of people who restore vehicles, as an example, uh, gets together, restores a vehicle, a, a caravan, or whatever, and then at the car show, we actually give it away. Wouldn't you love to be the church that gives away vehicles? I'm not a gimmick. This is not a gimmick. This is the real deal. People actually have real needs. What if a person needs a, uh, uh, a refrigerator and you just upgraded your refrigerator to, some, like, to something else and you're wondering what you should do with yours? I bet you as a church we could find people who need a refrigerator and give it to them. You guys, this is how we get involved socially in a very simple way. Very, very simple. It doesn't take a tremendous amount of work. We want to open up a retreat center, a four-season Bible camp, I uh, just talked about the appliance giveaways. For-profit businesses, which we'll talk about another time. Having or political influence because of our size, right? So when, you have a, when the church is big enough, all of a sudden people start to listen. Uh, that's just a fact, okay? That's just a reality. But what if it's because of our size and our heart? Our heart towards the people. Th those who are sitting in office or are trying to and whatever. Like, it's not our job, really. In fact, it's against the law that I would support any one particular party. It's not about that, but it is about serving God and recognizing God on different people, serving to the greatest capacity that they can, right? Whatever political party they're in, we, w we know that God chose them for the season. And so we want to partner together in love and understanding and be known for that towards them. Is that good with you? Good. Hopefully you guys also get excited about having a TV studio and radio station because God prophesied that a long time ago.
and uh, away we go. Assist what if we had assisted, assisted living centers that we owned, seniors' housing, soup kitchens, addiction centers? My son went into, the, into uh, uh, to, he wanted to go into detox a, a few weeks back, and they told him that there was a two-week waiting list. There shouldn't be a waiting list for people who want to get out of drugs, right? There shouldn't be a waiting list for people who are trying to get out, out of uh, prostitution, no waiting list, man. This is where the church steps up and we partner together and we do whatever's necessary to get the funding and, and just have it there. Nobody should be having to wait to get out of these things, okay? That's just a serious no-fly zone for me. Uh, identity crisis counseling. That kind of speaks for itself, actually. Marriage seminar weekends for both believers and non-believers. What about our celebration services? What will they look like? Uh, should I just jump ahead? Yes, okay, thank you. I needed a bit of a release. You'll see it unfold. How's that? All right, church community life. What's that look like? Uh, we're going to, you know, rebuild again. Okay. Transformational meetings. The inward, the inward journey is going to be the deeper life meetings. The upward journey is the inner life meeting. I know it seems weird, but that's just how it works. And outward journeys are the equipping nights. Baptisms and salvations, communion, feasts for the Lord. Um, we want to be Christ-centric. If Jesus did it, so will we. As he is, so are we in this world. And that's not some future thing. So are we now. Are we. We want to get into prayer and fasting, feasting, quality time through activity, mission work, and out, uh, in and outside of Winnipeg. And then the Lord says, okay, speak to them about leadership. Leadership is not a position or a title. It is an action and example. Great leaders don't set out to be a leader. They set out to make a difference. And so when we're looking at leaders, when we're looking for who do we want to have leading together with us, these are people who want to see a difference. They want to make a difference in their lives. They want to see a difference in real life, not just, not just hear about it. They want to participate with it. And I believe that's actually you guys. I believe that's Catch Fire Winnipeg. We're meant to be a church of leaders. It's never about the role. It's always about the goal. Whoever wants to be a leader, here's a famous guy, Jesus Christ. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And so, I could go into the new hub structure and whatever, but primarily leadership, we want to redefine leadership. Now, it would be a very, wow, that is really tight there. I feel like I'm not allowed to walk there. There's a boundary. In the past, we've called the quote-unquote leadership thing uh, lead team. Okay, so there was the board uh, the board of directors, there was a lead team. Once upon a time, we had an elder board. And all of these things have a place and a purpose. But right in the, in the name lead team is a little bit of a hiccup, right? Because there's almost an easy way to trip up and say, well, I'm the leader. You've got to do what I say. And that can very easy happen, right? We've been a part of this for a while. We do know that it comes up from time to time. So what we wanted to do is we wanted to change the name, we wanted to change the concept of it really, and bring it back to a more traditional term called ministerial. Now the, the chief word there, the chief difference is ministerial are actually in their name already set up to minister. The chief role is to minister, to serve. And so we want to flip it all upside down and have that, that leaders are really actually here to serve. Um, I'm not going to do the, the hub structure, but anyways, there is a hub structure. It's going to be available to you. Um, that we're working on, and, and this is how we tap into the five-fold ministry. Um, 
Work as hard as you possibly, this is for Brian and uh, for Kevin. Work as hard as you possibly can on at least one thing and see what happens. That's from Dr. Jordan Peterson. I believe in this strongly, except I don't believe in just focusing on one thing. I like working on a lot of things, okay? And I believe in working at them as absolutely hard as I can. And so some of you know that already, that Jen and I love to work. We work extremely hard, and we're obviously very committed to making sure that we become even greater servants of yours to move forward, and we're going to do so with excellence. Every once in a while, we're going to slip up, and we're going to require you to forgive us and grow with us and talk with us. We don't always get it right. And when you look in the mirror, I'm betting you can say the same thing as about yourselves. You don't always get it right. We've got to learn to have grace for one another, mercy for one another. In regards to lines of accountability, this is what God had to say. My chief line of accountability is God. Every man shall bear his own burden, Galatians 5, verse 6. And then I just threw the rest up there. Each other. We're accountable to one another. We put no obstacle in anyone's way, so no fault may be found within our ministry. We're actually meant to remove stumbling blocks from each other's lives, not to actually be the stumbling block. We're going to be accountable to the ministerial and spiritual advisory board. I haven't explained to you what the spiritual advisory board is because we're running short on time. But over time, I mean, we've got some time to spell this out. But as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Okay, so the ministerial team would be what used to be sort of the, the, the quote-unquote lead team and board of directors coming in under one sort of subheading of, of spiritual, uh, uh, sorry, of the ministerial. And then there's another group of people who do not necessarily come to this church who speak into my life directly and say, Ken, you're way off base here or you're not off base there and whatever, okay? Also, Cash Fire uh, Canada Leadership. A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. We, Jen and I love Cash Fire Winnipeg. There have been thoughts from, from others in the past who said, well, is it really important that we are Cash Fire, uh, affiliated with Catch Fire? Yes. This is Catch the Fire Winnipeg, and it is very important that we stay Catch the Fire. Okay? So I know some of this may not resonate with you, and that's okay. You know, some, some people want to process slowly. That's okay. Some of you are processing quickly. That's okay. There's room for all of us, okay? But just like I said in the beginning, the call is that every single person feels like they can be involved. But not only feels like it, actually gets involved. We need you. We do. We actually need you. This is not going to happen without you. That being said, I want to wrap it up with this thing. Once upon a time, not very long ago, there was a worship service happening, and I was standing in the back, and I was sort of behind the curtains, and, and I was just worshiping God, and I was asking God, you know, I was, I was looking around at, at the group, and I was like, do you have any words that I should share with the group? And, and the Lord just was very silent for a while, and I got, you know, I just started getting these interesting pictures, and the Lord said to me, would it be okay with you if I rebuilt this church or built this church without any of these people? That was a real question. And I said, nope, I'm not okay with that. And from that moment, actually, the, our numbers began to dwindle. Get less and less and less and less. And I have fought and fought and fought the Lord on this. We can choose to partner together with what, what God wants to do here, or we can choose to partner together with what God wants to do elsewhere as you go there. 
But God is going to build this church and he's going to drive it home that she is meant to be supernatural. She's meant to be spectacular in the way that she relates to one another. She's meant to be spectacular in the way that she relates to the community outside the walls. This isn't a guilt or shame or anything thing that I'm sharing. This is just a plain and simple reality. Look around you. We're no longer 350 people. Right? We're not. And there's been lots of reasons why people have come and gone. But I'm telling you right now that God is planning to grow this church. Do we want to partner together with him? Okay? So I'm asking you, please, if you feel emotional about it, get emotional. It's totally fine. If you want to partner together with what God is doing, even though I rush through this stuff, you kind of get the, the energy and the gist of it. If you want to partner together with what God's doing, if you feel like God has called you to participate in Catch Fire Winnipeg, if you feel like you're sort of on the edge and you don't know, ask him. Ask him. Father, is this where you want me? Because we need you. This mission is way bigger than just one person. It's bigger than two people. It's bigger than all of us. And that's what's incredible. Because all of this is impossible for man. But with God, all things are possible. So I just want to thank God publicly for everybody here. And I thank God for you. And say this is going to be fantastic. All right? So, amen. <laughs>